Hello, and welcome to Straight Into Options. Hey, hey, hey. I'm your host, Swing Pony. And this is Drippy Duhar. What's up, everyone? Um, it has been one heck of a week. Uh, we do want to, you know, have a good portion of market chatter here on this episode. So we're going to do that. We're going to catch up with everything that was going on between FOMC, earnings, core PCE, um, all that good stuff. And then we're also going to get into a little bit of selling options. Um, because even though I am a co-host on a options podcast, I actually don't know much about that. So um, Drippy is going to explain a little bit of that and we'll both learn from him. But before we get there, how was your week, Drip? Uh, it was a pretty good week. I think beginning of the week was very slow for me just because we didn't really have big moves uh, before the FOMC day. And on the day of FOMC, I decided that I won't, I don't want to trade. And guess what? The market just just ripped. <laughs> like there is like no tomorrow. Like oh, I have to buy all the shares, otherwise they will disappear. That's Imagine how the market that. ripped. And then next day again, market ripped because and we were in the clear supply zone. So, um, I was like, damn, this is just insane. The amount of moves which are happening. Um, and then today again, market. Three days in a row. Look at Three that. Three days in a row. Yeah. It's just insane moves up. And uh, it's um, it's a really confusing times. Well, so this is interesting to me because I, I know we all get very in tune with our biases and this happens very frequently. Even, you know, weeks ago on the podcast, I, or I don't know if it was the week before, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, but... I would keep saying like, you know, got to be careful though. Those tech earnings are coming up. FOMC's coming up. You know, everyone is sort of expecting <coughs> the market to turn around. The mar- you know, SPY to go to 350 at least. You know, th- they want to see that crater and they're anticipating it to come in baked into like all of this bad news. And you know, this is a great week and a great reminder that anytime something feels super obvious, it's pro- it, there's a good chance it's not going to play out. Um, it's really funny because, I mean, I'm seeing so many people kind of have a battle of like the bull versus bear and like, no, this isn't bullish. Like everything is bad. We're supposed to break down here. And then the bulls are like, haha, got you. And I think... Um, it's just important to kind of keep the perspective that even bear markets have bear market rallies, like violent, vicious ones. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that when all the bulls are bears are, are bearish on the market because of the earnings, and we have already moved up, so everyone is expecting a pullback, right? Mm-hmm. Market decides, and all the bears are thinking that, oh yeah, it's gonna dump. Uh, and market just decides to just surprise everyone by just ripping every day. Yeah. And I will go in, in into why that happened from a macro perspective. But apart from just that, it's just been insane. I mean, I got some piece of the move, but wow, like some of the stocks just move insane like Tesla. Well, they're the kind of moves that you take, you book profit the day of because you're like, that was a gorgeous green candle. I don't think we're going to have continuation. And then it goes yeah. on for like three more days. Mm-hmm. Um I did not trade much at all this week. So I have, you know, 
very, this is really good, like FOMO training for me when I sit out, I can kind of look and be like, oh, that's cool. That happened. And you know, it's okay that I didn't get a piece of that pie, but I wasn't feeling too great. Um, and I'm kind of starting to have a general rule for myself. If I'm ever too busy with work or if I'm sick or anything's going on, I'm not going to force anything. I'm going to be a spectator. And this was a really fun week to be a spectator. Um, Drippy, so this is hilarious because you and I were talking about this earlier. Remember Satan's chop box? Yes, the box where we were stuck before the CPN release mm-hmm. and then it just dumped three days straight. Yep, mid-June, that big dumperoni that we missed. It's yeah. so funny <laughs> that right now we have bulldozed our way back to Satan's chop box in the opposite direction. And this has probably like surprised a ton of people just as much yeah it's like yeah it's i think the best way to trade bear market is to just follow the immediate trend of the market Mm -hmm. and play level to level yeah like it's immediately the trend changes and uh, if you go through the one hour charts or 30 minute chart you can see now going back that we had such strong move and every dip was Actually, they bought the dip at key levels on supply demand. Mm-hmm. So they work perfectly. It's just that we thought that those demand zones won't last and market price will rip, uh, you know, go down through it. But it held. And, and, and even today, the same thing happened, you know, same dip buyers coming in. Yeah. And that's the fascinating thing about um, this kind of price action and your bias, right? Because when you are extremely biased in what you think the market is supposed to do, I really do think, you know, in terms of technical analysis and charts, you know, there is a a best practice and a way to do things, but a lot of it can be very subjective too. When you are very strong-willed mentally on what you want to see the market do, sometimes you're going to look at a chart and you're going to you know, look at certain time frames and look at certain things in a way that's going to paint the picture that you want to see. Um, so I think this is this is all just fascinating stuff to be more familiar with and exposed to and kind of just try to keep that bias at bay when it kicks in. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we could see. So now I think a lot of people are thinking we will see a pullback, right? Right. And uh, there's no chance market can rip more. But we cannot discount that anymore. Market so, can rip more all the way till 425 every day. That's the one thing which will surprise the most everyone. Market can do whatever it wants. What I'm curious to see, this is all like contrarian playing contrarian, all that stuff. But, um, you know, at this point in the rally, a lot of people might be like, okay, it's real. It's happening. I'm jumping in. And then this could be the rug pull opportunity. And then everybody's like, here's the funny thing to me. All it takes is one big green or one big red candle for people to think the whole anatomy of the market has changed. So like, if we were to get one big red candle next week, I could see everybody being like, all right, SPY is going to 350. This is it. It's happening right now. And, you know, maybe it goes down to 400 and then it rips back up to 425. You know, bottom line is, is don't let the color of one candle on a single day completely flip your bias into, you know, trading what you want the market to do. Because I've been there. I know how that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in this market, you just got to trade the chart. Like, it's just, 
impossible to predict like bad news is good news good news is bad news and it's like you can interpret everything going back to the news right why did market rip and it's because uh federal reserve chair jerome powell uh on the day of fmc said that well we are doing 75 basis point hike we are not doing a surprise hike right now it's the same as it was and uh, as was planned and uh, on the question of do you think that you know in the future do you plan to continually increase the hikes or is is what's the plan and they said that well we feel, we feel like at this rate uh, we can um, given the cuts we are doing right now and at this rate we we see that the inflation uh, will tame down and we won't have to do extreme measures and market really like that news yeah well then the core pce came out as well which is you know what the fed uses as their true which was measure bad. of inflation which was bad right and then market still ripped and then market still ripped so yeah. you know it's all who was it somebody i think it was angie she posted i think her handle's like mom Ange. She said something that I loved, loved, loved in a tweet. It was like um, between flow, the macro, the chart, like these are all just pieces of the puzzle. Like if it were obvious in just one direction based on one piece of that information, we'd all be making bank. That's the mar- the market's tough. It's designed to be tough. Um, so each of these components is really just a piece of the puzzle and that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's why I guess like it's okay to be a day trader in this market and just trade the setups you like. And I think that's been working well for me. Like I swing some positions like AppView. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed or not. It had mega dump today after earnings and I was watching it. And uh, some of these puts, 143 puts ran from uh, 0.1 to uh, $2. So $10 to $200. Nice. And, uh, 145 puts were a thousand percent up. Amazing. Uh, by by midday, so so there is there are opportunities in the market, you know, up or down. You just have to be able to, uh, you know, spot them and trade them. You For know, sure. You don't even have to predict. Get into prediction game. Like you see market ripping, get into calls. Actually, you know, you just said something really important. Not you don't even have to get into prediction game. How about if you catch yourself getting into prediction game, just take a like, knock it out. Because anytime I, I go into that mode, I feel like my bias is morphing around the charts and what I want to see. And it just kind of, it creates a little bit of a cloudy haze. I mean, if we're doing a lot of day trading anyways, let the, let the chart speak that day. Right. I think the market structure actually has changed the way the, the price action is, you know, we, we are, we are noticing a change in it now. So all the dips are getting bought rather than, mm-hmm. uh, pops are getting sold. So it, it feels a little bit different than the bull market rally we are used to, uh, bear market rallies we are used to and bull market rallies we are used to. Cause if you notice the price action, you know, it's, uh, it's not that like obvious, you know. We 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 have deeper pullbacks, and then they they got they like, get you know, bought up, yeah, bought up, and then we have aggressive moves up. So we don't get chance to enter because we are usually like trying to get into a lower risk, right? But Correct. how do you, how do you get your risk reward when something goes below the level you were watching? So now you are like, okay, well, it's kind of bearish, but then it rips again. 
So, and then it, it just continues to go without giving you a chance to get in. So it's really good for a momentum trader because they can get into the momentum. Right. But, but when things start to change, um, market structure will change. And then again, so I think for me, a safer approach is better where if I see a setup I like, and if I understand something, then I will play it. Otherwise, if I don't like the price action, I'm just avoiding it right now. Yeah, there's no need to. Um, I actually think it's really empowering to be able to sit out on trading. That's something I'm learning more and more every day, which is p- part of my own risk management and my own like, I'm working on a lot of discipline stuff in my own life. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that translates over to trading. And so it's sort of like this fun test of like, what can I sit out? What can I just observe? What can I learn from and not have to be hands-on with everything? Um, and I do agree with you that there are some charts that are you know, easier to play, some that do have the pullback, some that do have the really clean ranges and levels. Like um, you and I were looking at AMD. You showed me AMD earlier. So like I love that chart because on the daily, you know, you have one big, beautiful inverted head and shoulders, but then you showed me on a larger time frame, you're actually right at the top of the channel. So something like that is a really beautiful setup to be able to either play the breakout or to play the rejection of that channel. So things like that, that are a little bit more, um, more, more like, you know, traditional patterns, which you understand. Yes. Them cleanly yeah. defined yeah i think a good way to psychologically think about this is like ask your, yourself what is happening in the market don't ask yourself what's going to happen mm-hmm. and most of us are including me you know we think like what's going to happen right I do it all the time right that's where and my that's, head goes first right it's obvious because you're trying to plan the trade right so you want to think that what's going to happen but the problem is what's going to happen scenario is not working out. So what's happening? Just play it. I love you it. Know, don't question what's going on because that's that's the path to to basically missing out, which I did because yeah. I questioned the, all the moves in the market this week, thinking that doesn't make sense, but it didn't have to make sense for a day trader. All you think is that the trend is up. You see that a good entry area for getting the calls and you enter. That's it. Yeah. So I, I've had to tell myself that before. I'm like, you're in and out of that trade somewhere between, I don't know, let's say 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about like the macro outlook for tomorrow? You know, 100%. like you're literally in that trade for 20 minutes. Focus, focus on the chart. 100%. But we all do it. It's human nature. I think, you know, there's a lot of anticipation and wanting to know. And, you know, it sort of feels like we've been talking about it for two years. You know, what's going to happen? What's the market going to do? And it's just, um, you know, it's doing what it's doing. We're just here to participate. Yep, market. Yeah, if you think for day traders, doesn't matter. You can get in and out. I mean, SPY yeah. gave a lot of opportunities, to be honest. Now that in retrospect, I look there was just way too many opportunities on SPY to trade. Especially that pullback that we had um, just earlier this week. I mean, it was pretty perfect. Yeah, it was just like textbook play, which Uh we all missed because we just thought, oh, that's too obvious. Your expect, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. 
Um, it, you sort of try to be a contrarian to the contrarians and then you create this massive mind fuck that gets you nowhere. Well, that's the nature of bear market, right? Like it just puzzles you because so far everything we thought didn't happen the way. And then this time you're like, okay, well, this has to be too good to be true. So it's yeah. not going to happen. And it happens. It and creates like, trust issues. And Yeah. So exactly. So For sure. I, I think, uh, more skilled traders, right? Like, I guess traders who are better than me and you, I think what they might do is mostly play based on what the market is like, you know, doing. So for example, on that dip to nine EMA, instead of having a bias that um, it's going to break below it, you know, you just play, okay, if it goes above it, you know, I, I play the breakout. Yes. And if it plays below, I play the breakdown and, most people were thinking, oh, it's going to break down because it's all about puts, puts, puts. And um, being part of a big community where people talk about this stuff every day, like everyone talks about around you, puts, puts, puts. And guess what? <laughs> you get biased. And then next you thing do. you know. Yeah. It, it affects you even when you think it doesn't. It's still, it's all hiding in your psyche and it, it actually does affect the way you trade and what you look for. And I think mm -hmm. you mentioned something really important. And I think it's like a good indicator of do I have a bias or not, right? So when you see yourself approaching resistance and your instinct is to say, you know, oh, I'm getting calls. We're headed towards resistance. We're about to break out. Okay. Obviously that's a bullish bias, right? Like you need to see how the candle reacts in that area. Now, if you... um head down to like a support level and you're thinking, oh yeah, you know, like you said, the 9 EMA, if you're thinking like, oh, okay, this is where I buy puts. I'm buying puts right here because we're headed to, towards support. Well, that's your bearish bias taking over. Like you have to see how the candles actually react around that level and then gauge the play that you're taking accordingly. Yeah, it's it's mostly, I think, analysis paralysis. Like yeah. you're thinking way too much and uh this market has just, just like baffled, not just, uh, you know, small time traders like me and you. It, it's just baffling everyone from big time traders, like some big time traders as well. Like if you hear, uh, if you follow some of them, they're as confused. And uh, these market makers, dealers, <laughs> all, all are just like clueless in this market. I've just realized that, Nobody knows anything what's going on. It's just uh it, it, it's just that the big players who 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 really are the biggest players in the market, they they know what's going on because they have the capital to move the money right. in the market and um they are basically handling it and I think that a lot of people are giving into this as uh you know oh yeah we might see a rally but i don't know if the bottom is still in um I, i'm uh just being uh cautious yeah um i actually have to say i think it's very very satisfying because i have seen a lot of veteran traders as well who have said this is one of the most like perplexing markets they've been a part of and the price action and the you know, reaction to news and all that stuff. And I find that so satisfying because it's like, I'm a spec on a spec. I love trading. I have a Twitter account. I try to be active on. I like to, I like the community, but like, 
you know, I've had my share of frustration throughout this market and to hear the veterans be like, nah, man, that's us too. I'm like, that's so satisfying. That's so satisfying. This is a cool, this is kind of a cool thing to be a part of an experience. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. It's, it's, it's frustrating to me, to be honest, because it's just, um, makes you question your your trading system but in reality yeah. um it, it, all it did for me was psychologically affect me to not get into trade i mean i didn't lose money of course because i still follow my risk and i'm following my risk management and system but um all it does is like for you to not get into those trades because and then when you look back at the day you're like damn it's like this, the most obvious play. I missed it. Yeah. 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 No, well, and that's why it always comes down to, because there are some people who say psychology doesn't matter in trading. Your mindset doesn't matter. Your thoughts, beliefs, biases, none of that matters. And I would suggest that they think again, because all of that is tied to your psyche. It's not tied in your skill, your strategy from a technical standpoint. It's the the mental capacity. It's the the headspace that you're in. So, um, yeah, it's all very very relevant. Now, speaking of markets and trading options, it looks like you've pivoted a little bit to selling options. Yeah, because uh, I'll tell you why I started doing it. So, remember back when we were discussing about SPX zero DTEs mm-hmm. like lotos. And I realized that, um, you know, the win rate on them is, I mean, the gains are just amazing, right? Like if you play them right, but in this choppy market, um, you can get like your, you know, they, they can go against you. And the win rate was like not something which I can reproduce on bigger size contracts. Right. Right. Like mostly they're lottos, right? So for a current size like mine, I, I wanted to try something else. So I started thinking, like, what if I start doing the opposite, right? What's the problem right now that I the, these lotters start to lose value really fast and that's why you cannot size up. Right. So I started thinking the other side of the equation. Well, if that's the case, I can size up on the selling side because if they lose value fast and if I'm a seller, so in a in a in a basically quick example, right? Let's say that I um, am a seller of Tesla, right? Or I'm selling my house, for example, and I'm a big, big, uh, big time hundred houses, something like that, right? And I'm selling them at a higher price, right? And uh, when the housing market is hot, for example, and suddenly in 30 minutes, the housing market starts to, there's some news comes out, right xxx came out our housing market uh, looks weak and guess what happens the prices of those houses go down because of the news and certain events and then what i buy them back on cheap for cheap so as a seller if the price goes against you if the as a seller if the price is declining for options you are actually making money out of it because you will buy them back for cheap and okay and then that's what I realized. Well, that's what's happening, right? Like uh, psychologically, these people who buy the lottoes, they're buying it cheap for one reason that they're willing to lose it. Risk mm-hmm. probability is low. So why not capitalize on the other side where I sell these to someone for for cheap and make money? And uh, I kid you not, I mean the 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 amount of like 
stress I've had on lotos versus these is just the opposite. Mm. In lotos, it's so stressful because you're like, damn, it's going to go or not. Should I take profit or not? This is the opposite. In this, it's like, well, theta is working for you because if you're a seller of options, let's say you think that SPY will close at 400, right? Today, zero DT options, right? Right. And uh, SPY right now is at 399. So what do you do? You buy 400 call. Let's say SPY made a big move and it's near a 400 psychological level. So you will buy 400 call lotto thinking that it can go there, right? But 400 is a psychological level. So as a seller, I will sell 400 call or I will sell 390, 399 call and I will buy 400 call. So I create a spread. So in this case, 399 call will be more expensive the reason is that it's near to the money. The delta is higher. So you're selling them higher delta. And then you're buying the 400 call in this case because let's say that's a protection. In case the price goes above 400, so with selling, you have to remember that SPY can go up infinite. So the, the loss potential is infinite. So first you need a margin account for selling. Okay. Because, because of the selling, the risks involved in selling options, selling naked calls, you cannot even do it. You need a very big margin account for that. So the way you do it, you create a spread. So in this, you buy the 400 call and you sell 399 call. And your so for you to be profitable, it needs to close below 399, right? Okay. And and for someone on the other side who bought the 400 call, they need to be profitable if it goes at 400, right? Correct. So uh, so this is the whole game. Right. This is the two sides of the game. Right. And and let's say spy is extended. So what happens into the close is the chop starts to begin. Theta starts to affect. So right. Right. 30 minutes before the close, I start selling options. So this is a the different strategy. Time, the the yeah. theta just evaporates like evaporates. The premiums. Yeah. Premiums are evaporating. But again, this is very risky because you you cannot guess the movement of the market in such a short interval of time, right? Sure. So all the big players would always buy a lot of time with these theta decay plays. They will buy 40 days out, but that's too boring for me because returns are small and that's just too much <laughs> patient is required, which I don't want to be that kind of trader. So I thought, okay, what if, what if I start selling zero DTEs and with the basic understanding of price action, because I've been on the other side. So I know how things are. So yeah, I started to Yeah, you know how that. that person's thinking. Right, exactly. So I started thinking from both sides and then I start. So now, I, so in this case, I sold the 399 call and guess what? The 399 call, let's say, was a dollar, right? And the 400 call was $10 or $20, let's say. So I get the net credit of $80 because I sold the call to someone who bought it for one. And I bought the 410 as protection, 400 as protection. So, so I, and, and I said manual stop on these. So let's say that uh, three three ninety nine call goes to uh, one point five, and it can go to infinity, right? Because spy can keep going up. Sure. So you are you have potential huge risk. So I always try to set the stop loss manually on these legs where I set it to let's say one point five. That if three ninety nine call goes to one point five, I stopped out, and I can still keep my four hundred call like open. So I'm still in the long side of the okay. trade, and I make money on that. I make money on that trade. So at the end, the net net risk reduces by a lot. So it's sort and of like a packaged hedge in a way? It is a hedge in okay. a way, yeah. And then you can um, you know, set manual stops on those so that way you don't have the max loss on them. 
So that's the first one, first and foremost, that's how I structured my trade. And then I do it on SPX, but you can do on SPY too. Uh, and the way I think about it is this, okay, now I just have to wait for the chop. And even if the price declines, let's say a dollar or 50 cents on SPY, right? These premiums reduce in value to half or, or one third, right? And the other side person is waiting to buy the dip on them. So that's when, you know, I cover my position because it's like, okay, it's going from $1 to $50. And I know that time is in favor of me. All I need to do is wait. So I don't even have to wait until the close. And most times these premiums actually just go to zero. And on SPX, I made like what, $700 in 10 minutes per contract. And, And the best part is that I'm not sweating because time is working for me. So I can max out the whole premium. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've never done this strategy, but I have heard that, you know, the guy on the other side is the one who's raking in the cash while all of your lottos are expiring worthless. Somebody is collecting a whole lot of premium. 100%. And I'm that guy. And you're that like, guy now. Yeah, I'm the one who knocks. I just, I just had a really funny visual of you in like a furry pimp suit and like a gold cane and like <laughs> diamonds teeth and a I don't know I don't have it right now <laughs> I mean I am visualizing it it feels very real I think it's yeah the new yeah <laughs> yes, that's why my name is so oh the great reveal right. so that's anyway cool, though I, that's a it's a good time to kind of have a new little mix-up strategy. And how often yes. would you say you do this now instead of just I mean, trading? I'm doing it on a daily basis now. And it's been like I've taken 10 trades this week on it on, on my own. Mm-hmm. Just small size, you know, one to five contracts. And I have one loss on this one, which also was a managed loss. Yeah. Like I could have actually just completely avoided it. But I was just that time I set my stop and I, I was doing something else and I forgot about it. But, um, but yeah, so... Nine out of 10 trades are winning for me on this one. And I'm collecting max premium on most of these. So that's amazing. Yeah. And you just did a video on this, right? I need to catch up on that and really understand. I I did a trade recap for this, but I'm planning to make a whole series of um, how to do this well, because this is a brand new strategy. It's not something you will see on the internet. At least I know that it's a very risky strategy, but with the right approach, and with the right uh, reading of the chart, uh, this has been doing really well for me. And uh, honestly, like I've kind of stopped looking at it from a lotto's perspective until I see a really good pattern for lotto's. Mm-hmm. I take it. Otherwise, I just focus on the other side. And And the best part is like, you know, you don't have to like, let's say you are bullish on SPY, right? Today, for example, Friday when we were recording this. And uh, instead of buying calls, you can actually uh, create a bullish put spread. So you sell put premium. Okay. And that's that's better because theta is working for you. So even the small pullbacks and, uh, you know, like uh, those won't affect the premium much because even if SPY reaches the same level, after two hours, the premium would have probably like reduced in value like 35%. Oh, yeah. Anytime we do a retrace, the value yeah. of that contract, you're, you're, your jaw drops. You're like, wait, but it was just this much. And then it's right. like 50% the amount. It's insane. Right. 
So on the other side, this guy is banking, right? Because mm. he sold it for a higher price and then now he's getting it for lower and it's going to go lower until the trade is in his favor. So selling spreads, um, um, it's also really good strategy um, if market is choppy, if not trending and you want to be a little bit more safer side and uh, or just like me on the last 30 minutes I, I mean i do up i do both now like on a trending market i will play calls um like or puts you know depending on the structure and in later in the day when market is choppy or slow i think about selling premiums because like well um i've kind of made the money for the day i just want to collect some premium and get some more extra and that's it nothing extra nothing crazy you know yeah i mean uh, this is like steady income, right? $500, $600 a day if you play it right. I mean, these add up fast. Like on 20 trading days, this is equal to $12,000. Yeah. Which is, which is more than the average salary, twice the average salary. Of course. No, it's 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 fascinating to hear. I've always been very curious. And I now will always envision the, the seller on the other side in a fur coat, just like laughing yeah, no. at these lotto fools and just, putting stacks of cash in their pockets. I mean, it makes sense. We set a lot of money on fire. Um, yeah, like 10 lottos, all losers, they were risk only for you. But that 10 lotto, one guy made all 10, like yeah. with the higher prop, like it's just, it adds up fast. Yeah, I look forward to seeing some more of your videos and learning more about it. Oh yeah, I mean, watch Wintwit now all over this. Everyone <laughs> will call it their strategy and it's going to be fun. Well, so, so what are you, you going to name it so we can have an OG name? The penny trader. The penny trader? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> the penetration system. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, this is a PG 13 podcast. Please. Penetrate the market. <laughs> oh, okay. On that note, um, no, I will so call it I will call it DP. <laughs> Drippy. What? <laughs> No, DP. I had no, I had, this was not a part of our show notes for today, guys, <laughs> to end with Penetrator and DP and fur coats and pimp canes. So. No, I mean, you didn't know what DP means. Like it's called dark profit system. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I'm on yeah, the other anyway. side of my podcast, Mike blushing. You guys can't see me. Thank God. So I will call this dark profit system from now. Okay. Sounds good. Dark profit system. Yes, and it's trademark pending, folks. Wonderful. I wish you approval, and I wish that it just goes viral. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, this was our you know little market chatter catch-up and a, a very brief intro into selling options, and we learned a whole lot about Drippy. Um, <laughs> but we will be back next week with another new topic, and I think it's uh, it's time to probably sprinkle in a little poll or something and ask, you know, hear from you guys about what you want to hear um, us cover. Cause we always love to hear from you. Yeah. I mean, we can do a giveaway as well. Um, let's plan something. Yeah. Uh, something exciting for, for our regular listeners. Okay. Let's do it. Yep. All right, guys, as always, if you like the content, please share, leave us comments, let us know what you're thinking and we will see you next week. Yeah, like the best way you can help us is, you know, like when we tweet this out on Straight Into Options Twitter account is uh, retweet it with the quote which you like the most or 
the thought any thought it provoked you like it could be dp or it could be penetration oh, we're gonna get a bunch of people retweeting this with penetration this is not <sighs> sorry we could get sorry. some interesting sponsors though oh yeah i know yeah, yeah. okay yeah wow uh yeah <laughs> all right anyway, guys have a good rest of thank your you weekend. for joining us we'll see you next week but